welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. My name is Jeff Roman, and I'm joined, as always, tonight by Michael Jordan, flu game, Willis Reed, <laughs> Tim Reinhart, playing hurt. How are you and Tim? Um, I am playing hurt. Um, I got a little, I don't know if it's the Michael Jordan flu game. It might be. Uh, might be a step up from that, actually. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, dealing dealing with a little bit of a little bit of a toothache here, um, but uh, but we're gonna forge on through. You ever had one of these uh, like tooth infections? They're not fun. No, I haven't. I, I I did get a root canal, but the the pain was more like a a low pain, not a uh, not an ear splitting one. Yeah, so I'm looking at the the show notes where it says Nickelodeon broadcast fun. That's what you wrote down. Uh, this, yes, okay. This is the exact opposite of what that was. <laughs> okay, a little insight, a little insight uh, into the future of uh, yeah. of the podcast today. That's so, right, baby. Yeah. All right. So the, so we had the opposite of fun, um, and let's continue along the opposite of fun. Um, for me, but yeah. first, you know what? I'm I'm going to leave you hanging just for a minute because. Okay. We're at the top of the podcast. We have to do the work that we always do here at the top just to make sure that everybody knows who we are, where to find us. So we are Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. We are at DSE, the podcast at gmail.com, at DSE podcast on Twitter, DSE, the podcast on Instagram. As always, you can find us and the other wonderful podcasts on the Dynasty Sports Empire network. Uh, at dynastysportsempire.com slash podcast. So rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. We do have one new review this week uh, from Conte4 on on Apple. Five stars, of course. Always make it five stars. If you make it less than five, it's not going to get read. So... (laughs) Uh, So Conte4 says, working from home now, so Fantasy Sports Podcasts help me get through the podcast. Uh, this is one of my new favorites. Thanks to the content. Philly, Philly, Philly native. I'm not a Philly native, but I am a Philly uh, person. I do live in Philly, Philly now. Residents. So there's a big difference to that. I'll, I'll do a little segue here because I went to a local, this was a few years ago. Um, I went to a local uh, sandwich shop and uh, I said, Hey, can I have a, you know, kind of a turkey sub? And they looked at me like three heads, right? Like, are you kidding me? And they're like, so where are you from? I'm like, ah, I live down the street. No, they're like, no, 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 no. Where are you from? Uh, uh, Missouri. Yeah, I grew up in Missouri. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Immediate Obviously not from here. <laughs> if you were from here, you would have called it a hoagie. And now I call it a hoagie from now on. So lesson learned there. Um, so if you're if you're in Philly, do as the Philly natives do and call it a hoagie, not a sub. I a believe, sub is not that. I believe that crosses the river into like the Princeton area of New Jersey. Absolutely. Yeah. South Jersey, South Jersey too. Yeah. Was it Hoagie Heavens, the, the famous place in Princeton that, that uh, everyone goes to now quick, quick aside, since we're doing our part of the podcast where we don't talk about sports at all. um, Yeah. Have you ever taken the New York times dialect quiz? I've seen a lot of people take it and I have taken it. Yes. It is fascinating. It, it I've I've done it myself. I've done it with my students, and it triangulates you. So, so it, it gives you three cities where your answers most cross. So basically, for those of the people that don't know it, you answer twenty five questions, and it's multiple choice. And so, like for example, one of them is, "What do you call a long uh, sandwich that has cold cuts um, on it?" And you know, you can answer sub, hero, grinder, hoagie. You know, all the different things and you answer 25 of those questions and then 
um, it basically tells you where you're from and it pegs me Northeastern New Jersey, like perfectly. And when I do it with my students, it pegs them like central Massachusetts. It's, it's wild. Yeah. And I, there's a little area. I'm always pegged the little area right around St. Louis. And there's like a couple of other little Midwestern cities, not that St. Louis is little, but other little cities that peg my dialect perfectly. And it's just a couple of little islands. Cause if you go further South, you get more Southern influences further North is more Chicago land influences. So, yeah. and I always feel like, and half the time I, I look at that and I'm like, what is the word for the little strip of uh, grass yeah. between the sidewalk and the street. And I always choose the, I have no word for this because I, most of those things I don't have words for. It's not like freeway, highway, you know, sidewalky right. thing. Yes. That's a, that's a good one. Another one of my favorites in that quiz is what do you call a drive through liquor store? And, <laughs> and, one of, and one of the options is I've never heard of this. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Those things don't even exist. Right. So uh, it's 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 pretty fun if you look at, if you actually spend some time with it and you look at the other choices and what, what people call things uh, around the country, it's pretty funny. Yeah, the one the one that resonated with me is the, the word for the night before Halloween. Cabbage night. Cabbage night. I thought it was mischief night. Uh, the, the local Philadelphia area is mischief night. Oh, we, called, then, it, we called it cabbage night in, uh, in wow. New Jersey. Why yeah. was it cabbage night? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) I didn't know if people threw cabbages at other people's houses or something like that. I mean, it was mainly toilet paper and shaving cream, I think. But yeah, the classic. um, Yeah, maybe, maybe at some point it was cabbage. Uh, but that's, uh, I, I really don't know. That's one of those no clue. Okay. All right. Well, take that quiz. I'll see if I can find a link to it and put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's it's it's, fascinating. It really is. It's really good. So, uh, Conte four, uh, that's all part of your shout out. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for the review and the, uh, the permission to segue, uh, into a, another topic. So appreciate that. Another shout out, um, today to, uh, Heather Simon of Viva Albertos.com. Yeah. Uh, link, link to us, um, uh, our interview with Jason Dombach, where we did a couple episodes ago, um, where we talked about the Cardinals a bit. Um, so they linked to that on, uh, Heather linked to that on vbelbertos.com, one of the, uh, preeminent blogs early on, uh, you know, when, uh, blogging was still, uh, up and coming good community there that they had, it was, a uh, uh, place I've hung out quite a bit. So, um, shout out to Heather Simon for doing that. Tim, do you have any shout outs before we get into the, uh, top stories? No, no original ones, but I, I will piggyback off that. The Viva Albertos is, a. I I mean, that, they were like, I remember, reading all the like advanced metric stuff on that before it was even, you know, before it was as mainstream as, as it is now, a great, great website always, you know, I, and I played around with the other SB nation blog, like just to see what, what else was out there. I yeah. feel like Viva Albertos was head and shoulders above, uh, above the rest. Yeah. have, have, uh, El Boros. was the first, uh, the first site editor there. Uh, Craig Edwards, Dan up all the great, um, really great writers that they had there. Yeah. Um, it was real good leading the way. So, um, thanks Heather. Shout out. Um, we appreciate that. Um, and let us know if anybody links us anywhere else, or if you want to link us, send us a link to where you linked us and we will shout it out. Uh-huh. Too. Um, we are all for shameless promotion. So, um, with that, let's get into the, um, top stories here. We got the NCAA, uh, college football playoff national championship was on Monday night. Tim, 
you were in mid tooth pain, pre tooth pain, post tooth pain. Where are you in the tooth pain? Um, it was it was active. Um, it was the first first like bad night of of tooth pain. I didn't I I didn't make it through the game. Um, wow. Yeah. So it turns out that um, Devonte Smith is pretty unbelievable. Really good. Yeah, and they were there was one point I, I don't remember maybe it was his seventeenth touchdown, um, but it was a play where he went in motion across the field, and um, I think who it was Herb Street I think was being critical of Sean Wade the corner that was covering him in man. Uh, he said he was just late to get to like late to get to it because basically it was a it was motion across the formation and then a flat pattern um that he walked into the end zone on and it was like well dude i mean twice already he did that play they they ran the same play like three times where he started to go in motion right at the snap put on the brakes and jolted the other way for an easy flat touchdown so like what right. if you're Sean Wade you know who's i think going to be a first round draft pick corner like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> this this guy is just, he's that good. He's otherworldly. And, you know, to bring a topic that we've talked about uh, a couple times before, if you're the New York Jets, you actually have to consider drafting that guy number two as well. I mean, he's that right. he's that special. He's that good. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the draft as we get closer. Um, him and uh, Jamar Chase are, are vying for yeah. the first wide receiver off the board, and both of them could go in the top five. It'll be quarterbacks and them probably, yeah. and maybe a, maybe a tackle. Uh, Devonta Smith, I don't believe, played the second half. Um, no, he got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, and he had 12 catches for 215 yards and three touchdowns in yeah. the first half. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, the upshot is Alabama this year, I think, is one of their best teams one of Nick Saban's best teams probably um just an absolute steamroller with giant men on both sides of the ball that I mean there was a, a couple plays I think in um late on in the game um where Alabama's defensive tackle just kept stuffing yeah. Ohio State play after play he just couldn't be blocked and he would just tackle the guy instantly so um Ohio State also lost uh Trey Sermon right after one rush as well, so yeah, and I'd like to think it it would have been closer, um, but I don't know that that makes much of the difference. To be honest, um, they were just they were just better um, overall, better on that day, um, and uh, the running back for Alabama too uh, is it Najee Harris. Is that how you say his name? Um, yep, he must have had. I'd love to see the stat on it. How many yards after contact he had? There were a number of times where. Ohio State had him hit at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield, and he just plowed forward like like a machine. Um, so I was also very impressed with him. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you as an Ohio State fan, when once you see a a, a team kind of play your team like that, it's just you could just throw up your hands. You know, you don't you can't even really get mad about it. It's just like, okay, they're really good. We lost. Great season, you know? Yeah, it was going to take more mistakes, and Alabama made the one, really, and that was it. Um, and Ohio State had to play perfect football to win, and they and they didn't. So, Yeah, um, so the, the ending score was 52-24. Um, that was uh, a cover for Alabama, and that would be a uh, 
It was an if over. I'm counting oh. right, a, a 76. So if you got it at 76, that's a push, um, depending on exactly where you got it at. You're either on either side of the number. Yeah. So um, high scoring game, but um, Alabama absolutely romped from yeah. beginning to from, end there. From so. Minute one, indeed. Yep. So um, on to other football, um, we had the uh, NFL Super Wild Card round. Um, so six games instead of our usual four um, for the wild card round. So we had kind of a, an interesting weekend of games. Um, the The main theme that I, I think I, I take took away from it was there was a couple of teams, um, the Titans and the Steelers, both who did um, very, shall we say, chicken punts. Um, yeah. And that, and they both ended up losing. So they were behind uh, in both cases, and I'll go into each of them in a little bit of detail. But um, they ended up not helping their team, not pinning the other team back, like they say in the press conference, not flipping the field position or, or keeping the field position or whatever they say. Um, but they ended up just losing because of uh, a punt that uh, they should have gone for uh, if they really wanted to win the game. Yeah. So Jim Trestle football right there. Yeah, and usually Mike Vrabel is pretty good about that. He had the, the couple of times he was really, really smart about the clock. Uh, that game against the Patriots a couple of years ago where he wasted right. about two minutes. Um, and usually he's kind of on the vanguard of that um, thinking, but uh, maybe just for the clock, maybe not for that the fourth yeah, down. You know, may, I, I guess I, ha- I haven't seen too many Tennessee games. That seemed more like a way of like manipulating the rules of the game rather than like understanding the ins and outs of the analytics of it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it is, um, you know, uh, analytics a bit. So, so let's go in, let's go into the first one. So, um, the game was Baltimore 17, Tennessee 13. So Tennessee had a fourth and two at the Baltimore 40. So they're on the other side, right? So if they had just kicked a field goal, it would have been a 57, uh, yard field goal. So a long field goal, but you know, it's possible, um, certainly in the modern NFL, um, so what they did was punt, they punted 25 yards to the 15. Um, and so I'm just looking at the fourth down decision bot, um, on, on Twitter and that they would have added almost eight points of win probability had they gone for it versus punting. So, um, win probability is out of a hundred. So when the game is over and you win, you have a hundred percent win probability, right? Yeah. Makes sense. So, um, that would have taken it from a 24% chance to win to a 33% chance to win if they had gone for it. So, um, the bot called that the third worst punt of the year of the entire football season. It was the third worst punt, right? So there's only two times a punt was more egregious as far as affecting your win probability. So to do that in the playoffs, down four points, four points, right? So a field goal is not going to help you that much. Um, no, you got to go for that. Exactly. I mean, you have Derrick Henry, you have AJ Brown, you have a, a team that's built to get two yards and you're, you're losing in the playoffs and they don't go for it. I guess, um, I guess to defend Vrabel, which, you know, just, just for funsies, I guess, is that Derrick Henry hadn't been getting those yards. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they, they stifled him. Uh, the whole game pretty much. So yeah, Baltimore um, did a really good job. Yeah. I, I mean, you still, you still gotta, 
you still got to go for that, I think. Uh, but I, I, I imagine that's what he was thinking. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, their, their defense is not particularly tough either, but they've been, they were having an okay game. Obviously they helped held Tennessee or excuse me, Baltimore to only 17 points at that point. But um, I think, you know, I, I'm not so into the analytics. I think, you know, you're right. You have to look at the, what's going on in the game and, you know, throw it into a little bit of a, a goulash. Um, yeah, and the best throw, coaches throw, do both. Right. Yeah. Right. You gotta be able to do both, but you know, this one just, you know, felt like something you really just had to do. Um, right. And you, you know, that just like to think about uh, this is maybe a bit sidetracking, but like to think about like uh, the, uh, the goulash, I guess, example that you thought of, like think of the world series last year and Kevin Cash's decision um, to pull. Uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Blake Snell. It's on Blake a different Snell, team. Now. Right. Yeah. Um, you know that the numbers probably said to do that um, overall. However, like the feel of that game, like you gotta, you gotta, you got to taste the goulash and, right. uh, and make, you know, make it, make a different decision there. So, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. I can no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, uh, Tennessee went on to lose that one, uh, Baltimore advances. Um, the other game, the kind of the, uh, the buzziest game, uh, of the weekend was Cleveland's upset of Jeez. Pittsburgh An absolutely wild bonkers game. Um, Cleveland on the first play scored a defensive touchdown when, uh, Mike Pouncey, this Steelers center, snapped it over Big Ben's head, and then Big uh, Ben stood around like, yeah, like at you while yeah. the entire Cleveland defense jumped on the ball. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things like you you look at these older quarterbacks like Roethlisberger and Rivers. These guys don't they don't sneak, they don't throw themselves on the ground. They're kind of like you know what? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, there's the the famous. Um, in how I met your mother, the, the Murtaugh list, right? The stuff that you are too old for, right? He, <laughs> he famously says, I'm too old for this, you know, whatever. Uh, and so big Ben just looked at it and said, I'm too old for this. And he didn't do it. Um, so they, they ended up going up 28, nothing Cleveland did. Um, but Pittsburgh started building, uh, cutting into that lead. Um, and there was a definite, uh, point where you, you felt like, Oh no, you know, here, here it goes again. Cleveland is going to blow this one. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to come roaring back and win this. Um, however, um, Pittsburgh had fourth and one at their own 46. So right about midfield, uh, fourth and one, uh, they are down. They have 23 Cleveland has 35. So they're down 12, right? So they're, they're in the middle of their comeback. Um, and they, decide to punt it right they end up taking a delay of game but then they punt it um if they went for it that would have been uh seven points of win probability versus punting it so another huge uh difference in punting like um you're down 12 i mean there's not a lot of possessions left in the game um, you desperate times call for desperate measures and it's one yard. Uh, you know, we talked about Ben Roethlisberger. He probably could lay down for one yard. He right. probably doesn't want to, but he probably could. Um, so after that Cleveland held on the, the momentum was completely stopped yep. and the punt went, you know, not very far, probably to the 10 yard line and Cleveland uh, was gashing Pittsburgh all day and made it right past that in just a couple of plays. So, um, you know, just another another uh, decision that blatantly took away win probability, and both teams lost. 
Yep. Uh, I mean, in general, I've I've for a few years now been a proponent of. I'd love to see teams go for it on fourth and two, like almost anywhere on the field. Like sure, you know, or or a lot more than they do now. I think it would be, um, you know, interesting to see what what it would look like if it's you know. I, I'd love to see a team that you know, like the Jets or the Jaguars this year, you know, mess around with that. Why the hell not? You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I you're mean, not playing for anything. Give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah, there's a there's a reason that all these kids on Madden just go for it on fourth down all the time, right? Because they want to win, right? Like, I think the there's a lot of kind of protecting your skin that goes into that with coaches, uh, whether uh, consciously or subconsciously, where they think, oh, well, if if I punt it and my defense gives up all these yards, then well, it's not really my fault. But if I make the decision to go for it and it fails, then I'm going to get the heat, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look, I, I'm glad I don't make those decisions, I guess. Um, but it it's it's fun to play the armchair coach, I guess, in this situation. And, and you know, think you you'd have the the guts to go for it yeah and i don't know if i would have the guts to go for it i'm not saying that i would but you know just looking at the numbers those two things did not help them win the game and both teams lost the game so um you know you're in the playoffs both teams were down i you know you kind of you got to you have four downs you know you got to use them all if you can so um, those are my big takeaways. Um, the Saint, the Saints romped the Bears as expected. Buccaneers uh, held it a little tight against the Washington football team. Um, Taylor Heineke, yeah, um, great. had a pretty good, uh, pretty good effort there to keep it uh, to keep it close. Everybody thought that was be a blowout after no Alex Smith. Um, so that was uh, exciting for them. They might have a, a little quarterback uh, controversy with a with a new uh, rookie next year. So a, a battle, I guess, rather than controversy. You know, I, I pay attention to this this kind of stuff. Like when when I watch games, when he scored that touchdown where he dove for the pylon, like Chase Young, who's not on the field at the time, you know, sprints down there and uh, and starts like pointing at his name right in front of the camera. Like this is you know this is our guy. And like you know they they. They obviously, you know, like him. They obviously want to play hard. You know, the, his teammates want to play hard for him. And I, I think that stuff matters. Yeah. And, and I, you know, he was, he started as the uh, emergency Zoom quarterback, right? Yeah. The, guy, the quarterback that would stay in quarantine just in case the other three got uh, exposed. So they didn't have a Denver Broncos situation. So, um, you know, pulled him off the street, put him on Zoom, and uh, all of a sudden he's starting in a playoff game and having a pretty good game. So, um, the football team ends as their year on a bit of a high note. So they're looking, certainly looking for, uh, towards next year there at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, the bills also held off the Colts, uh, the Good Rams, game. the Rams upset the Seahawks. What a terrible uh, game by the Seahawks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's another, you know, Russell Wilson kind of fell off a cliff mid season. Uh, there was some MVP talk early on and I was, I was uh, in that, <laughs> I was in yeah. that conversation. Yeah, and he just just fell off. So, um, so let's let's just quickly go into our our uh, divisional round matchups for this weekend. Yeah, um, I'll go chronologically um, on the games. So the first game on Saturday, uh, four thirty in the afternoon Eastern time, is the Rams against the Packers. Um, the Rams have the best defense in the league. The Packers have a great offense. That one should be a really interesting matchup, um, especially if the Rams. Uh, start Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff came into the last game because uh, Wofford got hurt 
early on. So yeah. he was dressed, but uh, he had hurt his thumb, so they didn't start him. Um, he played not great, uh, but the Rams won anyway, thanks to an inexplicable uh, Russell Wilson uh, pick six on pick a six. Yeah. on a you know a throw to the sideline, which you know uh, that, that changed the whole game there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jared Goff, California, Southern California guy, never plays well when the uh, temperature is below. 45 degrees or something like that. So um, that should be an interesting, um, there's two, two different sides of the ball there. Um, the Rams, great defense against the Packers, great offense and the Rams questionable offense against the Packers defense, which is okay. Yeah. I'm going to uh, go Packers on that one. I think. Yeah. I, I think, I think that one is lining up for a, for a, a nice Packers win there. Right. Uh, the next one on Saturday night is uh, Ravens at Bills. So we have um, Josh Allen, which, as I predicted uh, for my fantasy team, had a great uh, week mm-hmm. um, against the Ravens um, and their running game. So it should be a pretty uh, ground-heavy game. Yeah, look out uh, Look out for those Ravens. They they seem to have gotten hot at the right time and are, are playing playing really well right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, they... they there were some questions about them and Lamar Jackson after, you know, two years in a row of, of not winning in the playoffs, but he got that first win. Um, you know, and sometimes these things kind of snowball. So we'll see their defense definitely played better, um, against Derrick Henry than they have played against the run in the regular season. So let's see if they have any other tricks up their sleeves against the, uh, bills rushing attack. Yeah. Um, I, I think that'll be maybe the best game of the weekend. Yeah, this should be should be a good one on Saturday night. Uh, Sunday at three o'clock Eastern time is the the Chiefs against the Browns. The Chiefs are heavy favorites in this one after the Browns upset the uh, upset the Steelers. Yeah, I you know um, look out for the Browns. Like I I don't I what's the what's what's Las Vegas saying on that one? Do you have the number? Uh, last I looked, it was ten. I don't 10. think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, and I, I mean I think I think the um, people have been kind of looking at the chiefs all year and saying, ah, well, they're just, they're just kind of going half speed. They're toying with people. They'll, they'll flip the switch when it's time. But you know, as we've seen, yeah, exactly. There's sometimes that flip, that flip doesn't switch. That switch doesn't flip, whichever <laughs> way you like to say. Um, so, you know, the Browns are, are playing with house money at this point. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that they're going to, they're going to roll over for the chiefs. And I don't think the chiefs are going to be able to, um, necessarily put it in high gear right away. So that one should be closer than, than the predictions, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. And the last game on Sunday evening uh, is the Buccaneers-Saints, the NFC South matchup. Third time, Saints have won two. It's always hard to beat a team three times in a year. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I, like, I like the Saints at full, at full strength. Yeah, and uh, Tom Brady looked pretty good against Washington's tough defense. You know, they they really there was a there was a lot of hype about Chase Young and Sweat uh, getting to Tom Brady, and they didn't. He just stood there. You know, he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league if he is standing still and you're not pressuring him. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league if you're pressuring him. So, um, Saints have a good defense, not uh, not quite as good as Washington. Um, so I, I think they're going to be focused on trying to pressure Brady and yeah. he's going to probably be focused on trying to get the ball out quick. So that one should be, should be tactically interesting as well. Um, 
I think uh, there are chances for your Saints players um, on offense if they don't, uh, um, if you didn't use them uh, last week. Yeah, so, I agree. A Breeze, Michael Thomas style stack here could be um, could stack be possible or, or Alvin Kamara. Yeah. yeah, bring them all in because um, that one could be uh, could be a little bit of a shootout. So right. Um, Wrapping up our, our our football section of the uh, of the evening, is there anything anything else on NFL for you? Um, Eagles, go ahead and fire Doug Peterson. Um, sure, and uh, you know it, it certainly brings to light a little bit more like what what happened in that game. Um, if if he did it on his own, if he was told to do it, um, you know, did he lose a locker room or something? You know, it's it's all interesting. Uh, but there's a Super Bowl coach out there a Super Bowl winning coach out there with a lot of teams that need a coach. Yeah. I mean, I think I, uh, you know, obviously I've paid attention a bit because in the Philly area here, I think, you know, obviously he's a good coach. I think he's made some bad decisions, especially um, who knows how much power he has over, over uh, which players to pick and all that good stuff. But I think in the end it came down to him and Wentz, right? Wentz had a giant contract untradeable. And he said, I want out of here. I haven't talked to Peterson in weeks. Like, I don't want to be here. Peterson said how that can happen, by the way. I, I, I don't know. Crazy yeah. to me. I mean, everybody's grown ups, and we'll get into this in the NBA part is like uh, people just, I don't know. They, a lot of egos, a lot of, there's a whole bunch of, I don't know, hangers on. I don't know. People's whispering in their ear. I don't know. I agree. I don't know how it happens. But um, Peterson said, well, we, we need to trade Wentz. Wentz had a contract that's basically untradeable. Right. Um, so it was one or the, it's one or the other, right? And so ownership has to say, we're keeping Wentz or we're keeping Peterson. So they went with Wentz. Um, they have more money invested in Wentz. So it could have been a financial uh, decision as well. So um, Peterson's out, Wentz probably stays. So that should be an interesting job. Um, they have a lot of vets, a lot of big contracts. So... Not a quick turnaround, but they could probably surprise some people, kind of like Washington did this year, um, early on in the season, and maybe make a little run with with the right chemistry. Um, yeah, I don't know that is that division getting much better. I mean, I guess Dak Prescott comes back, so the uh, so the Cowboys are gonna are gonna be better. Um, but that's just been a mediocre division for for a long time now. So yeah, goes. yeah, yeah, it's gettable. It's gettable if they if they make the right moves for sure. Yeah. All right, so we we teased it before, but uh, we're going to uh, talk about a little bit more chemistry. Uh, Tim is uh, more of a history guy than chemistry, so <laughs> I will handle this part as as we as we dig into the yeah. uh, NBA section. Um, fresh off the presses today, uh, blockbuster uh, trade happened. So, but first we need to check in with uh, our friend Jeremy Lin. So, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lin played with Carmelo Anthony on the 2011 Knicks, and Carmelo played on the 2018 Houston Rockets with James Harden. So James Harden was traded from um, Houston, where he'd been in the last several years, uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. So I'll, I'll go over the full uh, the full set of of trade pieces, and then we can uh, then talk about each piece. There's there's wheels within wheels in this one, Tim, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, jump in at any time, but you know, I've got a, a, a couple of, uh, I don't know if they're hot takes, but I have a couple of, of pieces here that, that are quite, uh, 
quite uh, rumbling around in my brain, I should say. Yeah, let's hear um, it. So the full trade is is uh, the Rockets end up with Victor Oladipo via the Pacers, Dante mm-hmm. Exum, uh, a couple other players, three first-rounders from Brooklyn, one uh, first-rounder that was from Milwaukee via Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, and then four first-round swaps. So in the NBA, you can swap first-rounders, um, option to swap. If the other team's first-rounder is higher than yours, you can swap them. So it's basically like giving them another first-rounder. So that's uh, four, eight total first-rounders, basically. Uh, the Nets end up with James Harden. Uh, the Pacers end up with Karis Levert via Brooklyn and a second-rounder. And the Cavs end up with... Uh, Jared Allen from Brooklyn and Torian Prince, who I think is from Brooklyn as well. So Cavs and Pacers are, are really just the side characters in this uh, tale. Um, the big deal is uh, a whole bunch of players, a whole bunch of picks go from Brooklyn to Houston. Right. And James Harden goes from Houston to Brooklyn. So um, James Harden had been talking a lot um, he didn't end up showing up to training camp or, or preseason, uh, until very late. Um, he had other things he, he wanted to basically force the team to trade him. So, um, he played actually, uh, for Houston early on. Um, and then there was kind of a, a weird press conference last night where he was like, you know, uh, I want to get traded. Thank you. Bye. Um, to the the media members. Um, so either he knew something was imminent or he just wanted to kind of put the pressure on a little bit harder. Um, he had often been saying how bad the chemistry was in, in Houston, how it, you know, it's not fun or, or whatever. Like it, uh, it was a bad situation, but here's the thing is that that's like somebody, you know, one of your friends comes over, you have a bunch of friends over in the olden days or the future time. Yeah. Right. And, and one of your friends just sits there and farts in the room for like four straight hours, makes a completely terrible, stinky, smelly room. <laughs> the, the same guy gets up and says, you know what? This room stinks. This is terrible. I'm leaving. Right. But he is the one who farted in the room for four hours. Right. <laughs> James Harden is the star of the team. He is uh, you know, in the NBA, the star of the team is responsible for the chemistry. Everybody looks to that person to set that example and and lead that team. He he has not done that. Um, and also, he, alongside the owner, has been doing all of the trades. He, he forced Chris Paul out for Westbrook. He forced Dwight Howard in there ages ago. Uh, none of those things worked out, which is probably also his fault because when they joined, they didn't like playing with him. Um, so, you know, I think it, it really, you know, I'm all for player empowerment and players should go where they want to go. But when it's, you're talking about how badly you're doing and blaming it on somebody else, I, you know, that just doesn't, uh, that just doesn't vibe with me. Now, let me ask you this question. Cause I, I heard this morning and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, as we've said a number of times, NBA is not my, not my jam. Um, is it true that, um, um, why am I blanking on his name? Oh my gosh. Um, Kyrie Irving, uh, has not played a game in a week. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a wheels within wheels here, right? So the Nets end up with Harden, Kevin Durant, 
and Kyrie Irving and a couple of other players. And that's basically it. That's their whole roster, right? They have three stars and nothing else. Kyrie Irving uh, decided a week ago not to show up to to play. Right. Um, he's just been not not an injury, not not anything. Nope. Yeah, an emergency. It seems like right. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Not. There doesn't have COVID. Nothing like that. So yeah. it seems like he has. Well, from the gist that people get, because he hasn't really said anything, is that he is pursuing things that are more important in the world. And obviously there's more important things that are going on in the world than sports, of course. Um, but that being said, you know, he had the option to choose that before the season, if he wanted to uh, step away for a year, opt out, retire, whatever. Right. So he plays for a while and then just doesn't show up. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see if he decides that now that they have Harden, if, the nets are now interesting enough again or important enough in the world for him to go to, uh, and, and spend his time on. So, uh, Kyrie Irving is not, um, not a player that I generally like. I, I I think of him a little bit as a, a minus player, um, just because he's so unengaged on defense. Um, and you know, obviously he has, you know, his own views of the world. He thinks the world is flattened and just asking questions. You know, I haven't seen it. That's quite a thing. Um, but, you know, he is talented and can score when it's needed, uh, you know, at the drop of the hat. And that's very hard to find. Right. Um, but on the court, I just, you know, people can score on him whenever they want. He, he is just uh, in, not engaged. He's a little bit small. So bigger guys can score over him. So, um, I've never been a big Kyrie fan. Um, and I remember the knock on him up here in, in, in Boston was always that he wasn't, uh, wasn't a great team guy. Um, right. and that they were better when he was, when he was out actually. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, he, he requires the offense to be built basically around him. He holds the ball and he, he walks up and shoots if he wants. Very quite similar. Uh, and the other string that I wanted to pull about this trade with James Harden, right? So his offense um, in Houston was very similar to a lot of what Kyrie ran, which is the guy would walk up with the ball at his own pace. Uh, there would be four other guys in the corners with giving space in the lane. So Kyrie or, or Harden would run into the lane and try to score with nobody else there or step back and shoot a three pointer or try to get fouled. Right. So, um, you know, there's one of three things that would happen and it's very slow basketball. And, you know, my motto is that sports should be fun. Um, you know, that kind of basketball, probably again, analytically, probably friendly, um, but not friendly on the eyes, uh, yeah. kind of a little bit of a, a, a sleepy watch for me. Yeah. I, and to be honest, that's kind of why I stopped getting out of the, or, you know, stop getting into the NBA um, is it, it just, I don't know. It doesn't, it, it, it seems like kind of a sleepy for me, you know, it, other people, all you, uh, just, I, I have trouble with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's totally fair. Um, there are certainly, uh, teams that play like that Houston specifically, um, the Celtics when they had Kyrie, uh, I think now they run a little bit more offense, but it's very, um, those, those plays are called ISO, right. Isolation. So right. you just isolate one-on-one. Um, you see that a lot in the playoffs when it gets down towards the end, you just get, find a one-on-one matchup that you, that you like and, and, 
and you know isolate on that um but a lot of teams um the sixers when they had a really good year uh, ran a, ran a pretty fun offense where they had a lot of guys running around and, and moving off screens and stuff. And I find that a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than, than the, the isolation offense. So, um, unless, you know, the NBA changes the rules to allow more than one basketball on the court yeah. at a time. Uh, I don't know how it works with all of three of those guys. Um, all three, all three of them want the ball. All three of them dribble the ball a lot and all three of them want to shoot. So, uh, you know, I just, it's going to be a storyline all year, especially if Kyrie comes back. Um, they have set themselves up to need basically to win the championship, um, the next two years with the two years left on Harden's contract. So, um, it also, uh, another string I want to pull here is the, the echoes. It has echoes of the trade that the, um, the Nets then the, were they the New Jersey Nets then or were they the Brooklyn Nets when they, uh, made a trade from Boston to acquire Garnett and Pierce? Yeah. I think they were in New Jersey at the time, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it was right before they moved to Brooklyn. They wanted to make a splash. Um, they traded probably that many draft picks to the Boston Celtics, um, for two, uh, aging stars uh, from Boston who they wanted to win a championship um, and they fell quite short. And then they were stuck kind of in the bottom of the NBA for years and years because they didn't have any draft picks. All the draft picks were in Boston. They had uh, several top five draft picks that went over to Boston um, and helped Boston rebuild their team, exactly. um, including Jason Tatum. Um, while Brooklyn just kind of, sat there in the bottom um, with nothing. Um, And they eventually, only way they got out of it was that they are in a big enough market that both Kyrie and Durant wanted to sign there. So that's the only way they made it out of the morass. Um, So uh, they are looking at a potential problem for that again. I mean, they are trading draft picks in 2026 and 2027. You know, Durant, and Harden are going to be long gone at that point. But all that being said, and I probably said a lot there, <laughs> um, I still think that they had to do it. Um, they obviously had a, a weird situation with Kyrie going on. They had a chance. You know, Harden uh, authorized them as one of his available destinations. So I think a player the caliber of Harden does not come available that much right they got one in durant and free agency um so to add another top five player you know i I think you still have to do it um it's going to be you know for fans of the of the nets it's going to be a very weird year um it's going to be drama um because durant always loves loves drama um so it's 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 going to be weird but they're going to get into the playoffs and you know, when it comes down to the end of the game, they're going to have three guys that can make a shot. And and that's more than any team that they're going to play against. So that gives them a huge advantage. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested, like you said, to see how it all works uh, together for them um, if, if they're able to coexist. Yeah, and, and NBA fans um, and, and the NBA loves drama. So it's going to generate so much. It's going to be, uh, you know, especially with a lot of media located in New York, it's going to be 
a lot. So that'll, that'll be, a, that'll be a fun part of it. Um, you know, my, my Sixers were on the outside looking in of that trade. Um, they, they certainly were one of the destinations that Harden had approved. Um, I kind of, uh, I'm breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief because that, that circus, uh, is incoming to town. So I, I, I think Harden would have made their team better, certainly, uh, depending on what they had to trade, but, uh, avoiding that circus is really uh, a good, a, a good thing. I think it, right. it would have, uh, it would have overall caused, caused problems. You, you know, I think the Nets have, have a couple of Durant could say he's the best player and, and kind of be the alpha dog. Um, but not, the Sixers bringing in a, a, a talent and a character as big as Harden would have caused issues in my opinion. So right. um, they're probably farther away from winning, but you know, maybe a little bit more happily uh, than they would be. So it's all about fun, Tim. That's, that's what I say. That's what we try to do here. That's what we try to do here. So um, we cover the NFL, we cover the NBA. We're up near our 45 minutes here. Tim has a uh, fighting through a massive toothache. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate that, Tim, for you, you, uh, you, you battling through. Take hey, it on. You know, we gotta, we gotta keep it rolling. So. You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you just have to, uh, you know, sit down at your desk and, and talk about sports for That's 45 right. minutes on a Wednesday night. Real, real quick, because we teased it, or I did at least. Did you watch the Nickelodeon broadcast with your kid? I did not watch the okay. Nickelodeon broadcast. Um, I heard a, a lot of good things about it. Okay. Uh, again, again, I think we get back to what um, we talked about at the top and what we just talked about, which is like sports should be fun. And I think... Um, that gets into uh, a niche of where the NFL has problems. And that's, you know, the games and the announcers are not having fun, right? You know, you see a, a touchdown and it's like, you know, Jim Nance saying, unless it's the Patriots, right? Where that's when Jim Nance gets really excited um, for his buddies. Um, but any other team, Jim Nance is kind of like, touchdown, whomever, right? right. Um, so... The Nickelodeon broadcast, if you haven't seen it, there's plenty of clips online, but the touchdown was scored and they had the, uh, you know, CGI uh, slime shooting from every corner of the touchdown and, and creating a kind of a, a slime slip and slide in the end zone. And uh, the announcers go crazy and are making sound effects. And, um, you know, I, I thought it, it looked fun. I mean, did you did you watch it? Did you I, I did see some know. clips? No, I, I haven't. I haven't looked at it at all. I mean, I think they obviously want to appeal to kids, and that's great because um, they want to get get more younger viewers. But you know, I think NFL could learn something from that and make make it maybe a little bit more fun. You know, they added back dancing. They got the like Showtime cams. You know, I think um, those are all fun and good for the players, but the announcers are still still stuck in the olden days. Um, Bring you know, them along, and it'll it'll make it you know complete it. Yeah, exactly. They're still tutting guys having fun out there. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think, you know, definitely never hurts to try, right? Just just make a make a fun side broadcast. If you don't want to watch it, you don't watch it, right? Um, but a lot of fun clips of it online uh, went around. So, it, it seemed like something that uh, that they should repeat and uh, and try other formats and um, just make things a little silly. Sometimes it doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah, I like it. All right. So, um, all that said, um, we got another week coming up of NFL. 
Um, we have probably some more NBA drama to go where Tim can listen to me talk yeah. about the NBA. <laughs> yep. I, hey, I love it. As, as long as we bring it back to Jeremy Lin every now and then. Uh, <laughs> well, I got to make sure we, we uh, link up every player uh, that we're about to talk about. Yep. So uh, don't spring any players on me because that, that does take some research. So It's hard. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough work Googling and through pro basketball reference and all, you know, looking around. Yep. Yeah. All that research that I have to do, you know. Preparation, right? Always be prepared. That's what makes you great, though. No, that's, right. that's it. So, all right, all right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, I hope your tooth feels better. Thank you. Um, you know, we will uh, make sure the listeners get a uh, an update on that next week. So, sounds sounds good. I'm I'm hoping so as well. All right, buddy. All right, Talk man. To you later. Yeah, good talking to you. Yeah. See you.